Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee of Council. I'm Brad Hull. I'm an attorney with Hickey and Hull Law Partners. I'm here with Caitlin Brainerd, who is also an attorney. Hey. She's also Hickey and Hull Law Partners, I guess I should say. Um, so, Caitlin, today, um, I want to talk about this Michigan football cheating scandal that's going on. And one thing I wish I did a better job at with this podcast is is finding topics that intersect law and sports because, you know, we partner with Hit That Line and it just makes such obvious sense. But I feel like I let those opportunities slip by all the time. But this this stuff going on with Michigan is is kind of interesting because it's not really like a legal case, but as you dig into it, you see non-lawyers playing lawyer to try to uh, either attack Michigan or defend them, and that made it kind of fun. And of course, it's dealing with rules and regulations, so it is similar to what we do, maybe with just different stakes. I don't, I don't know. Maybe the stakes are just as high in some sense as to breach of contract type of case. Well, yeah, it's football. Exactly. Well, it's Michigan football, Big Ten football. That's a lot of money going through there. So you were telling me right before we started recording that you basically have not heard about this because you've you've got off grid, meaning off Twitter, which is a, a bold move that probably is very healthy and I should likely join you, but you may but not be the health only. honestly has never been better, but my pop culture knowledge has never been worse. So, you know, there are pros and cons. I miss it, but also not going to re-download it. I could see that. Well, you may not be alone in not understanding or knowing exactly what this is. Uh, I think you're probably in a minority, but you may not be alone. So we get we also get almost no feedback on this podcast. Uh, so I don't know if the people who listen to us are primarily the people who find it through when we share it or primarily people who find it on Hit That Line. So it may be that everyone who listens to this are sports junkies. It may be that everyone who listens to it uh, are more into it for the legal stuff. It may be that we have 10 people listening to it regularly and actually paying attention to what we say. Who knows? So with that said, I am. that's all precursor to I'm going to give a brief overview of what it is that you've done. <laughs> so essentially... What has come out is that Michigan had a coach on their staff, a a lower-level guy on their staff, who has been busted going to other teams in the Big Ten, watching games, maybe taking videos, and scouting them. And you may think, well, what's the problem with that? Well, the problem with that is there's a rule specifically against it. You're not allowed to scout in person teams that you're going to be playing that same season. They banned that for college football years ago, in like 1994. And so the reason can they you watch this, the games on like TV? You can watch them on TV, but you can't go there and scout them in person. The only exceptions to this in-person scouting prohibition um, are doubleheader events, which you'll never have in football, but in baseball it may come up. Um, and tournaments. So, for example, when Arkansas basketball goes and plays in a 
tournament. Their coach is going to be there, obviously. Muss will be there. He can watch one of the teams play that he may be playing in that tournament. But Michigan is being accused of sending this guy or having this guy send some other people on his behalf to watch the games in person. And and essentially what they are doing is they are learning the signs for the play calls. They're They're being accused of stealing signs. So they have... Now there's video showing this particular coach who, again, is a low-level coach. He really has no business being in this position, but he's standing right beside the coordinators, right beside the head coach, and he's holding a, a laminated sheet that looks like signs, and he's saying pass and run. Um, so it's pretty clear what was going on. I think it's pretty obvious. And so I, I, I wanted to look at what is this actual rule? What does it say? And what are the exceptions? And we've covered that a little bit. But the rule itself says off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents in the same season is prohibited except as provided by, and it references the bylaw that has the exception for what I just talked about, the same tournament or doubleheader. It's pretty straightforward. So I wondered... How does Michigan get out of this? So I found a Michigan blog post, somebody out there trying to defend them. And that's where, to me, it got kind of interesting because we got into some legislative history canons, Caitlin, which you probably remember studying in law school. We don't see it come up very often in the practice of law, but here is a, a Go Blue blog bringing it up. So... Their justification is that until 2013, the only sports that had this prohibition on in-person scouting were football, basketball, and for whatever reason, women's volleyball. Those three were the ones that prohibited it. And now I've read that the reason for the prohibition is more to do with limiting cost. I guess they didn't want school spending so much money or the richer schools having such a huge advantage being able to advance scout in person, which is still kind of weird how women's volleyball fell into it, but it did. Bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right on your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign in today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. At the initial time they banned it, though, there was a nut section that said basically all other sports were prohibited from paying third parties to go recruit in person but football basketball women's volleyball could do that so they got to they had an ability to pay third parties to do it whereas all the other sports didn't so says this blog i don't know if that's actually accurate but his argument was when they remade or when they amended this statute rule regulation whatever it is in 2013 they got rid of everything to do with that and his position was that means that everyone is now allowed to pay third parties to recruit or to advance scout. I'm not sure that's so convincing. 
I think it's not convincing at all. It's just a terrible argument. And, um, and I think that, uh, it, it tells me that they are, uh, guilty. Yeah. The F word is coming to mind. They are F in this situation. If that's the best argument that they're going to come up with, um, I mean, but if you're going to make it, go for broke, you know? Yeah, it, it's uh, if, if that's the argument that keeps them out of trouble, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they start playing worse. A lot of a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists who are probably not wrong in this particular case are digging up stats and such that show how Michigan had a very drastic turnaround at a certain point where this allegedly started happening. And um, there's some folks who have pointed out how Michigan does a lot worse at the beginning of the games, which is typically where play scripted and they're not called. So you cannot steal the signs versus once you get past those first scripted plays. Um, they also lost to uh, TCU last year. And that was a situation where, uh, they probably would not have scouted them because T- nobody expected TCU to be in the playoff. So maybe the Michigan self-implodes because now they're not getting that advantage. They may get a severe penalty because this is one of the few times that I can remember in all the scandals of, of cheating in college sports where it wasn't so much about recruiting or some off-the-field issue. It was very much an on-the-field cheating tactic. And it seems like it's not something that everybody does, which was what maybe people thought at first. It does not seem like everybody's doing this, and it seems like people are pretty mad about it. Um, Big Ten schools especially are are not happy about it. Um, So I can't wait to see it play out. Um, I, I, I also think it shouldn't take three years like some of the investigations usually do, but that's another thing to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, geez, three years is crazy. Especially for this. It seems pretty straightforward. I mean, I they just, they're caught red-handed to me. Uh, and I tried to look at this from Michigan's side, you know, and all I found was a convoluted legal argument based on uh, some legislative history interpretation that, I think most lawyers will look at and say, I don't think that's how that works. So the heck with Michigan. Crazy. I don't have a dog in the fight really. Uh, but I, I don't I don't really like seeing it play out that way and I, I uh as far as the success go, but I do like watching big progress fall for some reason. So You're a sports guy, what can you say? All right. Well, I'll shift gears. We'll probably come back to that one at some point when some more facts come out and we see some penalties imposed i think it's only a matter of time the other topic i want to cover today and uh, child support and just touch on it briefly we're putting out a blog post soon if it's not already out with some child support faqs frequently asked questions to help folks out with some common questions that come up i don't want to go through them all in one podcast i'm going to break it up i'm going to start with today looking at what I think has maybe become the most common question I have got about child support recently, which is, do you have to pay child support when there's joint custody? So joint custody became the preference a couple years ago. 
observationally, I would say I went from having 20 to 30% of my custody cases being joint custody cases to over 90, uh, drastically changed the dynamic of custody cases. And when they did that, obviously child support got impacted. And a lot of people think that if there's joint custody, then child support cannot be ordered. That is not the case. Child support may not be required in a joint custody situation. We're allowed to deviate from the standard amount in a joint custody situation, which they mean when they talk about joint custody by the child support guidelines, they mean 141 nights with the child during a year. And in those situations, the, the general rule is the larger the income disparity, the more likely the court is going to require some support. If your incomes are within 20% of each other, there's a very good chance that no support will be ordered. But it's important to understand just because you do joint custody does not mean you have an automatic workaround for child support. We're going to still have to look at your incomes, consider that disparity, consider the expenses, and then maybe uh, joint custody will be the reason that you can set child support at a zero dollar amount. Have you had that one come up? Um, yeah. So I've had a couple, uh, well, I would say most of my cases have been joint custody and most of them have been pretty close in income. So we haven't done a whole lot of child support unless let's see, I've had a few where like we've agreed to do child support, um, in a fixed amount and the judge has gone with that. And then I've had like maybe one or two where we agreed not to do child support and the judge was okay with that. Yeah. So if you don't have joint custody and agreement to not do child support, it's probably not going to get approved by the judge. If you do have joint custody, typically an agreement to not have child support will be upheld. But even then, if the income disparity is really large, you could have problems, especially if you're trying to get your children or keeping your children on any sort of state benefits. The Office of Child Support Enforcement is not going to like that. They're going to get involved and probably uh, block you from having an agreement that has no child support. There are some things we can do to maybe limit it or, or deviate down a lower number, but avoiding it entirely can be difficult. You know, in a situation like if you have somebody making $15,000 a month and the other makes 2000 Let's see, I've also had one where um, each parent gets a kid and then they've not done child support because of that. Yeah, and that's a that's a good point to bring up because joint custody is is different than split custody. And the courts can look at, they look at split custody a little bit differently um, in those situations. But again, it mostly comes down to what are what are your incomes and what's the disparity like. But that, that is a good point to bring up, the difference in joint split custody. And uh, there's some language in the child support guidelines about that. And, and while, while we're on it, and I'll just end with this, if you have child support questions, really encourage people to go look at the Arkansas Child Support Guidelines and Child Support Calculator that is put out by ARCourts.gov. It's not as complicated as you might think. There are definitely complicated cases, but for a lot of folks who just work a normal job, W-2 employee with a 
a normal wage or even, or especially if you have a salary, uh, it's pretty easy to determine what your income is and then look at the guidelines and get a pretty good idea about what your child support will be. Still, obviously, we're attorneys. We're going to recommend you talk to attorneys, but you would probably be surprised at how much you can learn just from reading the guidelines. And it's not, it's not that long. It's, uh, it's maybe five to 10 pages. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it's over 10. It's really simple. Plus it's good to know. I feel like just for yourself so that you have the experience. I don't know. Cause you're going to have to be dealing with child support issues probably for a while anyway. And the calculator is super simple and you can plug numbers in and see what comes out. Um, especially if the other person is telling you things that would bother you or scare you before you just assume they're right, get with an attorney. Or if you're having trouble getting with an attorney, just get on there and look. You, you could probably figure out whether they're telling you the truth or not. We'll have more of these. I have about seven on my list. We'll cover some more in future episodes, but for that, we'll sign off. Thank you, everybody, and have a good day. Bye. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.